0: Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review, and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message.
1: 4. The title of the message is Dead Men Do Tell Tales. A little play on words. From something you've heard in the past. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. Slight change from the King James, but the the content of the message is there. Though he is dead, he still speaks. We don't need to relate the story of Adam and Eve to any degree to remind us that Adam and Eve were sinless placed here in a perfect state to live in the Garden of Eden, but by the beguiling of the devil through the serpent, they fell from that perfect state and they sinned. In order to cover their sins, God had to do something that had never been done in all the world, which of course wasn't too long in terms of man, There had never been any death. But in order to cover their sins, God killed an animal and took the skins of that animal and made coverings for Adam and his wife Eve that their nakedness would not be ashamed to him and ashamed for each of them to each other. It took the sacrifice of a living being to give its blood to cover the shamefulness of what man had done. God made a law that is absolute and has not altered whatever from Adam to this very day that you and I know well, but many people do not know, And that law is, unless there is shed blood, he will not forgive sin. It has never changed. It will not change as long as the world stands. There must be blood shed before God will forgive sin. God covered the sin of Adam and Eve with the animal. But from that time on, it was required that man bring his own sacrifice, his own animal, and slay it, and let the blood flow from it before God would forgive that person's sin. We know now that he made a change in that whole plan and made one sacrifice, Jesus Christ himself, to be the, the, the sacrifice, the lamb that would die, whose blood would be shed in order that our sins would be forgiven. But the plan has not changed. The provision is, before God will forgive your sin and mine, somebody's blood had to be shed. And it was Jesus Christ's blood only that would would be acceptable. In the Old Testament, of course, it was an animal. The difference was the animals had to be killed over and over and over and over and over. One time, uh, for as far as our sins are concerned, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now... Cain and Abel finally came into the picture, being born of Adam and Eve. They came on the scene, and in the family with Adam and Eve, they were taught something about worship. They were taught that there is a place to worship. They were taught there is a time to worship, and they were taught that there is a way to worship. They understood All there was to know at that point in time about serving God and worshiping him. This is one of the things that some of you found in visitation that was very distressing to you. And that is that sometimes you talk to people about needing to accept Jesus Christ and they don't have the slightest idea in the world what you're talking about. Because they don't have the background, they haven't been to church, and their families haven't taught them, they're ignorant of spiritual matters, and we've got to start at such a rudimentary spot and bring them forward that it becomes frustrating to us in trying to figure out how to make it so simple That they will get the message in just a matter of 15 minutes or so, and we oftentimes don't accomplish that task in that period of time. We ought not to be too discouraged, but to realize that we've got to go back and back until we have built a foundation and built a little bit of something that they can hang their uh, ideas upon and begin to grasp what we're talking about. Right? Here was Cain and Abel who perfectly knew all there was to know about a place to worship, a time to worship, and a way to worship, but it is in the way of worship that one of them fell far short. Here comes the difference in Cain and Abel. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin, Hebrew 9.22. Although that was written in the New Testament days, it applies even to, to Cain and Abel. Now, Cain... And Abel brought their sacrifices in order to do the worship. Cain went out into his flock, so he got a lamb. He brought that lamb that was as perfect as he could find in the lamb in his flock, and he slit his throat and, and spilled its blood with the blood on the altar and did the various things that he was to do to that sacrifice. And God saw the sacrifice and understood the condition of his heart and forgave Abel his sins. Cain brought his sacrifice. The only difference was he did not bring a lamb. He went out into his fields, for he was a farmer, and he got some corn and oats or some other product, and he brought them for his sacrifice. And people have argued since that day to this as to what was wrong with Cain's sacrifice. Was not the corn and oats just as good as the blood of the Lamb? No, it was not. I don't know if any of you will recall, some of you will, I think it was probably in the 40s, it might have been 1950s, but I believe it was 1940s, that the American Baptist churches, called Northern Baptists at that time, engaged in a project called the Lord's Acre. If you remember that to tell those of you who don't remember what it was all about. There was a mission program established by which every member of a church would establish a project. If he was a farmer, he took an acre of ground, and whatever was produced on that acre in the fall at harvest time, he presented the money from that to the mission project. And if you weren't a farmer, you did something else. I can recall that the doctor in our church, we had an M.D. who was my doctor all the time. I was a kid who was in the church, and so his project was that he would give the fee from the delivery of a baby. That was his field, his acre. And women did other things and what have you. I remember in our church that we put all of the products up front that fall. There were shocks of corn that were brought into the church and set up. And various other things. And women brought things that they had made. And I remember this doctor went back in the congregation and picked up a baby and came up and stood before the church and said, I give you this baby, the fee that he had made off that. It was the effort to produce something and give it to the Lord. That was all good. And we raised money for mission fields. But that offering was different than the blood offering that was necessary for the forgiveness of sin. You can't bring corn and oats and little babies and give us the the money off of that and other things that were done and say to the Lord this is my sacrifice for my sin for the Lord required blood for sin not shocks of corn not little babies not quilts he required blood that law has not changed It's good that we bring our money and put it in the offering plate. It's good that we have our projects and missions and I compliment the women for what they do and we men are to be shamed for how pitifully we follow their example when it comes to doing something for somebody else. We need to be engaged in activities where we can sacrifice ourselves and our products and offer them to the Lord. But... We must not confuse this with the sacrifice that is necessary for the forgiveness of our sins. And here was the difference between these two boys. First, we provide the blood sacrifice, and then we can make our offerings of other things. And that's the way it needs to work. Abel was very obedient in this process. Cain was disobedient. Abel gave what God wanted him to give. Cain was the guy who decided that he knew better than God what ought to be given. There are many people like Cain who believe that they know better than God as to how God ought to be worshipped. Cain recognized God, but Cain was not obedient unto God. Abel acknowledged his sin and brought the blood sacrifice to cover it Cain did not acknowledge his sin, he brought something to offer as a sacrifice, but he brought it without acknowledging that he had sinned, therefore the blood of the lamb did not cover his. It is out of Cain that we get false religions. It is out of Cain's attitude that the cults come into existence, for the cults are looking for another name. They're looking for another way. They're looking for another idea other than what has been established by God from the very Garden of Eden forward. Be careful of those groups who proclaim somebody else that's exactly what has gotten the PTL club in trouble today. And I've never said much about that, and I don't intend to. But I tell you, it's when man is put first and God takes a it back seat that we will find corruption even within the church. Let's not go after better ideas. Let's not go after another way or another name. Let's take the one name that has been given in the name of Jesus Christ that we must worship. It is to him that we must offer ourselves and it is in him only that there is any blood shed for our sins. Acts 4.12 says there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Suppose you went to the doctor you were diagnosed as cancer. And you say to the doctor, what do I do? And the doctor says to you, oh, just go on home and do whatever you think's best. One treatment's just good as another. Wouldn't you be finding you another doctor pretty quick? Because you want somebody that can tell you how to get well. That's exactly where we must put our emphasis in our preaching and teaching today we must put it in somebody who can tell us how to get well now let's look a little closer at Cain Cain failed or refused to acknowledge that he had sinned brethren that is the beginning of Satan's gospel put it down in black and white mark it in red do something to emphasize it. When a person was, says to you that he doesn't have any need of having his sins forgiven, Satan has already preached his gospel to him. And when you and I, as Christian people, take this same attitude and do not in our prayer life or in our worship life come to a point when we acknowledge our sins and seek his forgiveness, And sometimes we need to do it with tears. We have fallen into the pattern of letting Satan soothe us and say, Well, really, you're a pretty good person like you are. You haven't done anything that you need to be sorry for. He has established his standards, and Cain had succumbed to the gospel of Satan, and Satan had said to him, Look, anything's fine. Just go out there and get the first year of corn out of your field and bring it off, and God will accept that. The scripture says there is a way that seems right unto God, but the end thereof is destruction. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me repeat it. I, I misquoted it. There is a way that seems right unto man, and the end thereof is destruction. Yes, man takes the attitude of Cain that I can do whatever I want, however I want, under whatever conditions I want, and I'll be acceptable unto God. He is the hypocritical person. He is the one that the world points to in the church when they want to find something wrong with the church. They're going to find the Cainite in our midst who gives the appearance of worship, but is not God's child, even though he's in the midst of God's children. We have those in our midst in every church. He is the example of the Pharisee who stood on the street corner and prayed with himself, as Scripture said. Because he thought he was so good and fine. Went over to the side, there was a poor publican who wouldn't even so much as lift his eyes toward heaven because he was so ashamed of himself and he prayed God be merciful to me a sinner it is the publican, this poor sinner that received grace in God's sight the Pharisee the Canaanite was the one who went to his house unjustified unforgiven unsaved because he thought anything will do look at Abel Why was he so righteous? Why is he accepted so great? Why did he obtain mercy? Verse 4 says, It was by faith that he obtained mercy. For Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. But it begins with the words, By faith Abel believed in God. Abel brought a lamb, a single lamb, and offered it for his sins. The day came when the Hebrew people in Egypt, when they were ready for the Passover of the death angel over Egypt, brought one lamb, and they sacrificed it, and it covered the sins of the whole family. Then there was the day of atonement in the history of Israel, when the whole nation brought one lamb, and shed its blood that it might be the Uh, The blood that would cover the, the sins of the entire nation. And on Good Friday, there was another one lamb. And this time, it was one lamb for the whole world. There's only one lamb to cover the sins of the person, of the family, of the nation, of the world. And that is Jesus Christ. He was obedient to what God had commanded. Now, obedience does not bring faith, but faith brings obedience. And he was counted righteous not because he was righteous, but because of his faith in God and his desire for forgiveness, God accepted him as righteous. Down in verse 6 of this chapter, We have a very important verse and I have it marked in red in my Bible so that I won't overlook it. And I use it in talking to people about becoming Christian. When I flip my Bible open then these red ones will show up real quick. And verse 6 says something very important. Without faith it is impossible to please God. Notice that. For he who comes to God must believe who he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that seek him. What did Abel have that Cain lacked? He had faith. He believed in God for what God said. And God was pleased with him. God accepted him. Listen, if we don't live by faith, if we don't believe what this Bible says, try to live by it, we may find ourselves in the same position as Cain when we'll come before the church with our offering. When we'll come before the church with our worship. And God will look down in our midst and say, I cannot accept what you're doing. Because you're not doing it in faith. You're not believing in me. You're putting on a show. One last statement about the ETL club They got in trouble because they were putting on a show, And they had long since quit worshiping God. Also. folks, when we do that same type thing, we're going to see disaster, maybe not of this nature as we saw, as we have seen in the news and is even yet in the paper, and I hope they quickly get rid of all of this because of the detriment it's doing to the gospel entirely throughout the nation. Well, If we do not live by the faith that we have in proclaiming Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we'll see disasters and midst. It's to build upon what I said this morning that I want to conclude with this evening. We will be a church proclaiming the gospel of Christ when our members are right with God and are right with each other. We will be accepted by the Lord in our worship, and in our offerings, in our presence here in the services, when our lives are drawn close to Jesus Christ, when we start moving away from the foot of the cross, we're moving into disaster. That's true of a church and it's true of individuals. You look at the times when you have been a disaster. You will have to admit with me, it's been those times when we have gone away from the cross and started doing things our own way like Cain was doing. When we felt the power of God in our lives, it's when we, like Abel, have done what God has said to do and have kept ourselves as close to Jesus Christ as it's humanly possible to do so when we felt his presence then God can bless us as individuals or as a church. The question is that we need to answer in our lives and in the life of this church, and I'm speaking in the life of the church this evening, is how much do we want God to receive what we do is based upon how close we live to what he has proclaimed from the very beginning. Do we want a church that proclaims the gospel of Christ and and preaches to this community, we'll see people in this church in great numbers. We haven't reached the pinnacle of attendance. A hundred and twenty or whatever it was last Sunday morning at the beginning of the worship service is nothing for this community. But it will be accomplished when we, the Lucullus. The small group of 35 be denied, live like Abel and Sean living like Cain. We'll see people drawn to church drawn to Christ, and we'll see baptism after baptism, as we have seen the big beginning of it in these past few few months. But that should only be the beginning. Do we have a vision for this church that reaches this community? I can imagine the day when this auditorium will not be big enough to hold those who are coming here to worship. But it will start with us when we what are ableites not What's your relationship? to the Lord, as came or as Abel. What are we as a church? Are we ready to proclaim the Gospel of Christ with power? We all will begin with the proper sacrifice and place our soul almost fully under the blood of Jesus Christ and live as close as we can to the foot of that cross where it can drip upon us. We'll see people saved then we'll see numbers of people of the church will be the secondary the thing that we need is to see horrors for you lives transformed formed and number but nothing more than just the indication let